Thank you so much for being with us this morning and worshiping with us. Uh, We are concluding a series that we started about three weeks ago entitled Building the Home. And we have looked at, uh, basically, we we started with building of the foundation. So what is the foundation of the home? And we uh, talked about that the building of that foundation has to be upon the Word of God. It has to be in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And as we build upon that, we talked about the next week we looked at security and the security in the home and the, the, the safety, the comfort that we feel inside of our homes or maybe we don't feel inside of our homes and how uh, we look from there, that foundation gives us a security. And last week we talked about that foundation that gives us a joy There ought to be a joy in our homes. There ought to be uh, laughter. There ought to be all of those things. And even in the midst of of times where it's not uh, maybe easy, the joy of God is something that is sustainable through all trials and tribulations of life. And so we looked at those things and how that looks. Last week we talked about how we are to abide in the vine and how as we abide in the vine, that gives us that joy. And really, we could, have, we could have built the whole sermon series off of that passage of Scripture last week. And that if we were to abide in the vine, if that was the foundation of all of that, how it builds out. But truly, it's, the reality is, if we remain in the vine, we experience security. We experience that joy in the midst of all kinds of things. And as we touched on last week, we have that because we remain And as we remain, the word of God we looked at last week says that the comforter would come, that he would guide us into truth, that he would teach us, that he would comfort us. And we talked about the Holy Spirit and how he really leads us in that. But again, our responsibility that we would remain seeking the face of God, that we would remain in the vine. We started this entire series looking at Psalm chapter 127, verse number 1. Unless the Lord builds the home, the labor of building it is in vain. Unless God is building the home, all the things that we do are in vain. We also looked at Luke chapter 6 and verse number 46. Why do you say, Lord, Lord, and then not do what I tell you to do? We talked about, in that very first week, we looked at a decision that has to be made. That decision of saying, Lord, Lord, but yet we don't do those things. And the very next verse is it would go into the story that we all know, the parable of the, 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 if we build our house upon the rock and the winds come and it'll stand firm. If we build our house on the sand and when the winds and rain come, it's going to wipe out. And so we, we talked about that, but it's ultimately a decision that has to be made. I basically posed a question or maybe a statement early on that we as a believing as a a, as believers our homes it cannot be acceptable in our homes to walk into church to put bible verses on our walls and to not live according to the word of god it cannot be acceptable. It never should have been, but it, we have to get to a place where we say, no, enough is enough. The, the line is being crossed and we cannot act out and just, eh, well, you know, I went to church. I'm a good person and say that we are believers with no action behind it. 
We have to get to that place where that is no longer acceptable in our homes. I believe this with everything in me. If this was a stance that we took, the things that we would see today on the news would be a lot different. I genuinely believe that. If we would do and act as believers and we would live out and do these things, I believe with everything in me, what we're watching would not be what we would be watching. We must choose to follow him. We must make a decision, a decision that we take serious, that God would work and God would do something amazing in and through you and in your family. We must make that decision, trusting God that he is going to change you from the inside out. And as God changes us from the inside out, it changes the relationships. It changes the relationship between you and your spouse. It changes the relationship of, of your children that are in your home, the relationship with your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your co-workers, and all of these things. This is a decision that I believe changes everything about us when we desire and we make the foundation of our homes and of our lives built upon the premise of who Jesus Christ is in the word of God, I believe it completely changes everything. I believe our homes would have security in them. Children shouldn't need to run the streets if our homes are secure. If there was joy in the home, if there was a foundation in the home of God's word, things would be different. And I believe today that we have a decision to make. Now granted, I look out here and I'm, I see people, families, individuals. I understand for some in this room, you may have, your children may not have turned out the perfect way that you thought and you lived a godly life and you tried to do those things. Our children are going to make decisions. We understand that. So I would start by, don't beat yourself up with that. We all have decisions. My sister ran away at 17 years old. She's 40 old. She's older than me. <laughs> She's 42, 43. Is she 42? January, but 43. She's old. If she's watching. But she ran away from our home at 17. I was a junior in high school, and she had, sophomore in high school, she decided to run away from home. She grew up in the same home that we did. She went to the same church that we did, the same youth group that I did. She, she had the same teachings. She had the same parents who loved her. She had the same parents who gave everything for her. But she made a decision. Praise God, now, nearly 30 years later, 20-something years later, she is back in church. She's serving the Lord. But I, I say that to say, like, hey, as we grow up, our kids will make decisions. I pray that my children make decisions to follow the Lord. But as we look at this, I am coming to you today, and really I'm just asking, I'm challenging you that we would look and that we would ask that question, and we would truly, I, I say this all the time, that we would look in the mirror and make a decision. A decision that's ultimately for you, 
but that impacts everything else about you. In Joshua, which is where we'll be today, it, it speaks of choose you this day whom you will serve. That word serve I want to look at for just a minute. And it says this, one of the definitions of thoughts that I was looking at this week, it said this, to serve God means to fear him, obey him, and worship only him. It means to love him, fix your heart upon him, obeying him because you want and desire to, not because you have to. What an incredible thought to me that that is, that to serve God is to fear him and obey him and worship him, uh, only loving him and fixing our hearts and our minds and our eyes upon him. Another definition of serving is that to serve is to wait on somebody, to attend, to perform a, a, a domestic office to somebody else. It is to work for, to bestow the labor of body and mind in the employment of another. So to serve God and to serve are, are, are different words. And I'm, my intention is to utilize that whole thought this morning inside of this message. I want to bring this all together because God says that we, it's the desire that we would serve God, that we would fear God, that we would worship him. And out of that comes the service in the heart to serve others. I've said this many times right here on this platform. I do not serve you. I serve God. And in serving God, I have the opportunity to serve you. That's our heart. That ought to be our heart. I serve and love God. And as I serve and love God, the natural outflow of loving God is that we would love others. And the desire of loving others is that we would serve them. That should be an outflow of, of our hearts. As, as we fix our hearts and our minds on Him we would desire to serve. The thought that comes to my mind when I think of serving and I think of servant and I, I think of this, I think of sacrifice. I think of selflessness, denying, dying to self is what I think of. Whether it's serving God or it's serving you, in order to do either of those things genuinely and wholeheartedly, I have to take me out of the picture. Because the reality is, in my sinful state, I have no true desire to give of myself to help you. I'm a prideful individual, just like everybody else in this room. I don't desire to do that. It's not natural in the human body, if you will, to just give of ourselves to serve others. It's natural to say, oh, this is what I want. So this morning we see this. That as we serve God, it's a selflessness, it's a sacrifice, it's a dying to self. John 13 is a familiar passage of scripture. Many of you could probably quote it better than I do, but John 13, Jesus is now going in. It's the Passover dinner and all of the men, the disciples are there and they're laying around the, the table and as they were, they're sitting there, Jesus does what? He gets up, he takes off that outer garment and what does Jesus do? He grabs a basin, he fills it with water, he gets down upon his knees and he does what? He begins to wash the disciples' feet. He begins to sacrifice. He begins to selflessly serve those people, those men, a couple of them who we would know what? Judas loved God, right? Judas did everything for Jesus, right? You guys are like just staring at me like kind of awkwardly. No, we know what was about to happen. It says by this time, Judas, Satan had already entered him and he had already made up his mind that he was going to go sell Jesus. I'm, I'm taking that money. But yet Jesus did what? 
he sat at Judas' feet and he washed his feet. He went over to Peter. Peter was what? What was Peter about to go do? Peter was going to deny him three times and yet he stood it. He knelt down and he got at Jesus or Peter's feet and he began to wash Peter's feet. He served them. Why? Because he had a love and an honor and a fear and a, a reverence of who God the Father was. And out of that love of his Father and out of that desire of knowing exactly why he was there, and for this day I came, he washed those disciples' feet, he served them, and then he looked at him and he said what? Go and do likewise. Go serve others. Be a servant as you love the Father. Now go and serve and love others. Today we're going to be in Joshua chapter 24. And in Joshua chapter 24, we're going to look really at uh, several verses, but I'm going to focus in on about two verses in verse number 14 and verse number 15. But the simple title of the sermon, Choose You This Day. My prayer would be this, that we would make a decision as you lead your home, that you would choose today, that you would choose who you would fear, that you would choose what you will allow inside, and that you would choose to serve God. Joshua chapter 24 and 14 says this, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt... And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, I come to you today. And Lord, I just ask that it would be you that would speak. You would tug the hearts of those that sit here. God, that we would look at our own lives, that we would examine our own lives, and that we would make a decision to choose you today. God, there's husbands in this room, there's wives in this room, there's single men and women in this room, there's single parents in this room, there's teenagers in this room. And God, I pray from the youngest to the oldest today that there would be a decision, a choice to say, God, I desire to serve you. I desire to honor you. Lord, would you lead us this morning? It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. The first simple thought is choose you this day who you will fear. Joshua is closing out his time really in ministry He's coming together. He brought all of the people together, all the children of Israel. They are now coming together. They're in the, uh, a place called Shechem. And as he is doing so, he is going to address them kind of one final time. I don't know what your Bible says, but right between verse 28 and verse 29, my Bible says this, Joshua and Eleazar die. That's encouraging, right? But we know that Joshua's coming to the end of his time. He's coming to the, the end of his ministry and he is gathering everybody together and he is laying it out on the table, if you will, and he's giving them this ultimatum. He gives them this thing and he says, therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. He cries out to those that 
are before Him. I would say, just like today, there's, a, there's the, the choice that we have. And I would cry out to you today, or I would cry out to anybody that would sit in front of me and hear my voice to say, listen, I'm giving you this option. I'm telling you what God's Word says. Hey, would you fear God? Would you love God? Would you faithfully honor God? Would we do those things? And he says that one word, though. He says, fear God. I think sometimes we have lost a fear of God. I think sometimes in our lives we have lost a fear of who God is. Do you, I love this statement, do you have a fear to offend him and to forfeit his goodness, keep in awe of his majesty, defer to his authority in our lives, having a dread of his displeasure and a regard to his all-seeing eye upon you? Do I truly have this fear of God? You know, I, would, I can speak for me, I can't speak for you. But I think sometimes I, I look in my own life and I think, well, God is gracious. I'm okay. God is merciful. God is forgiving. And so therefore I am okay. I'll act this way. And then when I'm done, I will say, God, oh, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And we have lost this fear of who God is. We have this all wrong. Grace is not the ability to just sin and do it over and over and over again. I believe God's word is very clear that God has actually done this in the past and I don't think that we believe he'll do it again sometimes. God hardened the hearts of people because he tried so many times and he said, no more, I'm done. What if in my life, do I fear God to the point that I truly believe that God would say, Aaron, your heart is hardened and I'm not trying any longer? Do I fear God that God could take his hand off of my life? I think we sometimes forget the reality that God is gracious and God loves and God is forgiving and God is a lot of things that we just love to shout about, but we forget the one little nugget of here. God is a just God. God is a just God. There's coming a day of judgment and we forget sometimes that God is a just God. God is a righteous God. God is a holy God. That means he cannot be in the presence of sin. God hates sin. And I think we are at this place in our lives where we don't have a holy fear of God. Therefore, we just go, well, he'll forgive me. And we forget that God is a just and a righteous God. And he cannot be in the presence of my sin and my filth. But we go, well, it's okay. I wonder if we would get back to a place of fearing who God is. And out of that fear that we would get back to the place where we would live and we would honor and we would practice this faith that we have. I'm not talking about perfection today. I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm not stating that I am perfect, but I wonder if we would just truly seek after the face of God in every aspect of our lives, what would be different in our lives? 
James 2 speaks it very clearly, right? James 2 speaks of the faith that works. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? In verse number 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. For as the body, in verse 26, without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I wonder sometimes, I, I, I've said this so many times, I wonder so many times how many people in our churches are going to go before God and say, but Lord, God, I sat in church every week. And he's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Because we claim this thing, but yet we never lived a life of fearing of who God is because we never took it from here to here. I'm asking this morning, and I'm not asking just you, believe me, I've wrestled with this for the last five, six, seven days, but I wonder if we would choose to have a holy, reverent fear of God. And that may just be a simple, God, um, I don't even know if I'm supposed to ask this, God, I, I don't know that I fear you in the manner that I'm supposed to. God, would you bring to mind, God's word tells us in the Psalms that we would ask him to seek us. God, would you find me? Would you creep into the little nuggets of my life and would you expose those things to my mind that I would recognize the sin that's there? That I would have a fear of who you are. As we fear him, we act, we honor him, we reverence him in our actions because why? We recognize his love. And as we look at this passage, it says that the fear of the Lord, now therefore fear the Lord, and it says, and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Psalm chapter 51 and verse 6 says this same thing in a little bit different manner. It says, behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. That thought of sincerity and truth is literally speaking of, uh, of those inward parts, the, the inward part of our body that we would truly desire and speak to him and reach out to him and fear him and serve him sincerely from the inward parts of us, pouring it out to God. I wonder if when I sin. Do I feel it in the inner parts of my body? Has there ever been a time where you've been about to do something and you know you're not supposed to do it and your stomach just begins to go, almost get that nervousness? That is the grace of God. That's the conviction of God that God would say, hey, Aaron, <laughs> hey, dummy, you're about to do something you know you're going to regret. And he's trying to stir you. He's trying to tell you, hey, stop. I love this thought. What good would it do us to leave, to dissemble with a God that searches the heart? What good would it do to leave and to disassemble with a God that searches the heart? This morning, in order to choose him, we must choose to fear him. We must choose to do so with a sincere heart, faithfully seeking the face of God. Would you choose today whom you would fear? 
Would you choose this day what you will allow inside? The second thought, would you choose this day what you will allow inside? As we look at this passage of scripture, he says, choose, therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth. And then it says this, put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve the Lord. See, there's a decision that we have to make. If I'm going to fear God, if I'm going to choose to serve God, I'm going to have to choose to get rid of some junk. I'm going to have to choose to get rid of some junk. See, as I was studying, the, the thought here is that as Joshua is speaking to them, he's recognizing and he understands the people that he's talking to. And he says it. He says, hey, I know that many of you still hold on to the idols. You still hold on to the things that your fathers have passed down from generation to generation to generation. I know that those idols of Baal and I know that those idols of whatever it was are still tucked away in the house because you're keeping a hold of those family heirlooms. And he says, listen, you have a decision to make. You can allow that into your home or you can get rid of all of those things. The choice is yours. I would stand and I would say the same thing to you. And as I look at myself, I would say the same thing to me. There's a decision that has to be made. What am I going to allow into my home? I'm the one that would allow it. If there's junk in my home, I, as the head of my home, have allowed that junk to be there. Just like those guys back then. In Genesis chapter 35 and verse number 2, now we're talking about Jacob. Then Jacob said unto his household, this is the a gathering of people, now sitting in the same exact place in Shechem, Genesis 35 was taking place there. Joshua 24 is taking place in Shechem. They're all together. And Jacob said unto his household, and all that were with him, put away, what does he say? The strange gods that are among you. Joshua is saying, hey, hello, get rid of those strange gods. If you think that this is going to work by keeping a hold of all of those things as your little uh, plan B, if this doesn't work out, I'll go over here you got to get rid of some junk. I would say to us today, I've got to get rid of some junk. We have to get rid of stuff. What are we allowing in our lives? What are we allowing in our homes? Joshua, have you ever thought, like, I wonder what it would be like to like, get to know those people in the Scriptures? you ever thought that? Like, what was going through Joshua's mind when he's standing in front of all these people? What, is, who, what was his personality like? All of those things. I'm looking at this. I'm a, I'm a fairly black and white kind of person. I'm, I have a tendency to be blunt. That's a good thing and a bad thing. I know that about myself, and I work on that. Just being honest, I'm, I'm divulging all my sins. I understand that I can be very blunt at times. I have to guard myself. I think Joshua was kind of being a little blunt. He's just laying it out. He is not mincing any words. And he says, in the beginning of verse number 15, for some of you, you're going to look at this as evil. But choose you this day. I would say this to you as I speak to myself. Hey, there's a lot of junk in all of our lives, and some of us just aren't ready to get rid of it. 
Because that thought of being that evil thought in verse 15, and it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. If it seems evil, if it's a burden, if it is hard, if it is troubling you to get rid of it, you still have a choice to make. I like things that I like. You like things that you like. But you know what? Sometimes we understand that some of those things aren't the best for us. Joshua's looking at them and he says, I understand that the things that you have in your home, those idols and those things that have been passed down from generation to generation, they've been in your home for hundreds of years. I understand that those may be very special to you, but listen, those are idols. Those are not for God the Father. Those are not of God Almighty. Those are the gods of the past and you can't have those in your home and you have a decision to make. Well, but... But you don't understand. That's hard. He says, yeah, it is hard. You know what? Sometimes we like to watch certain things on TV and we're like, oh, that's funny. That's really funny. But we know that it's not right. I love that kind of music. I am a music person. I've been a music person my whole life. I love music, and I love good music. I love classic music, like classic rock music. And, but you know, there's some things that I, just because I enjoy music, I don't need to allow into my ears. And I'm not saying that classic rock is bad. Actually, it's really good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm making myself, I'm making it okay for me to listen to. No, but I'm just saying it may be that that is a thing for you that really causes you to stumble is music or it's something that you watch or it's whatever that it would be. And it is hard to say, I, I need to pull away from that. For some in our day and age, it may be the phone that we hold in our hand that we can't stay off of the news and the social media and all of these things because it's just a vice and it destroys us. If I'm on, if I'm on Facebook for like five minutes, I'm ready to go and hurt somebody. I'm serious. Anybody else? Like, I'm literally just like, oh, my word. What is going on with this place? I live here. <laughs> like, I'm ready to go. Ah, I get nuts. I have, to, I, get, I have to get off of it. I have deleted it off my phone I don't know how many times. And then COVID hits. What do we do all day, every day? Uh, Facebook Live. Go on Facebook Live. We're going to tell you all about all the things that are happening. Facebook Live. I'm using my phone. I'm like, ah, I just deleted you. Now I have to have it on because we're doing Facebook Live from church. But I've had to, I've had to hide that in my phone so I don't go to it because I get irritated. It drives me nuts. I don't know. Maybe that's a silly illustration, but it's, these are things that are in our lives if they're pulling me down, Josh, Joshua says, put away the gods which your father served on the other side and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. You have a choice to make. You may not serve the Lord, but you will serve something. And I'm asking you this morning, what is it that you are choosing to serve? What are you allowing in your home that becomes an idol, that becomes something that we serve? 
Joshua says, so long as I am alive, we will serve the Lord. If we go into verse number 16, moving forward, we see that it says, and the people answered and said. So now Joshua lays it all out there. Joshua says, hey, choose you this day whom you will serve. And then in verse number 16, the people said, what? God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out them or from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord for he is our God. He's, the, the people look back at Joshua and they say, Joshua, there's no way that we could not serve the Lord. Look at all of these things that we've seen God do on our behalf. There's no way that we could serve the Lord. I love Joshua's response. This, is, this would be my response. I'm not going to lie. Joshua looks at him in verse number 19 and you're all going to go, that's so mean. But he says this in verse number 19. And Joshua said unto the people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that, he hath done you good. How encouraging. Joshua, we want to love Jesus. You can't love Jesus. But what was he saying? He says, listen, guys. You can't do it you can't do it I would say to you and I've told so many people that have come to me and they've talked to me and they've they've made statements of I want to do this and I want to do this or whatever it is and I would say but you can't you can't I can't you have to remember and he looks at him and he he says it in a blunt manner but he says listen guys you you can't just make this decision you have to Trust God and allow God to walk through this with you. God has to be the one who does this. God has to be the one that we stand on. God is the one. You cannot by your own resolution only and without the assistance of divine grace, without solid and serious conversion from all idols and without true repentance of faith. I loved that statement from one of my studies. You cannot by your own. Without his assistance of divine grace. I don't know how many people I've told over the course of the last 16 years of ministry. Listen, I'm glad you want to do this. That's a great emotional decision that you just made there. It's really fun to say I'm going to follow Jesus when there's 200 other people saying, Oh, we love Jesus. But when those 200 people aren't there, what are you going to do? And I don't say it to be rude, I don't say it to be nasty, but I believe that there's a reality in our lives so many times we have chosen to follow God because everybody around us chose to follow God. And we never had a heart moment with God. If you have children in our children's ministry, this is a, a point for me that I am very cautious with our children. Every year we do a, v, a v, VBS, Vacation Bible School, We've been doing it, except for this year, because of Mr. Rona. Um, so we didn't do our VBS this year, but I 
come to our teachers and those that are leading our VBS every year, and I talk all the time with Kenny, our director, our children's worker, and I, and I make this statement. I want our children to come to know Christ as Savior, but I will not do some blanket, raise your hand if you want to follow Jesus and say this prayer after me. Because I can get every child in our children's ministry to raise their hand just so that I can go on Facebook and say, we had 300 kids say yes to Jesus today. And everybody is all going, oh, praise God, praise God, praise God. Look, I have 5,000 people that just liked my thing because all these kids came to know Christ. And I'm not saying that they did or didn't. But I can create whatever I want to create emotionally. And I think in some regards, Joshua is saying to them, listen, Hold up. You are choosing to follow him, but you've got to remember this is the same God who is just. If you forsake the Lord and serve the strange gods, he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. Are you aware? And I think sometimes we have to be reminded of who God is when we talk about some of these things. Because today I'm challenging you to choose to serve God. I believe that we can honor God and we can choose to serve God and we can impact our homes, but I also believe that some of you will leave here or could leave here depending on how we presented it and you could cry and you could say, oh, I need to go and take my family. We're all falling apart. And tomorrow everything's back to normal because you're not truly, oh, that's a, that, that God is, that's who that is. I, my prayer is that we would reverently go, okay, God, I'm choosing this. I really don't even know what to do at this point, but I want to seek after you. And I want to honor you, and I want to fall before my face and say, God, I, I just need you. In John chapter 6, there was a very similar thing. Jesus had taught and Jesus had fed the multitudes and Jesus then turned to them. And what did Jesus say to the multitude? He's gathering. He says, wait, hey, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Could you imagine sitting in that place and Jesus saying that to you? You're like, whoa, that guy just went over the line. And what happened? They left. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then he turned to the twelve and he said, will you also go away? And Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? God, you are the one that has the words of eternal life. I can't, there's nowhere else I can turn. I'm staying right here, God. Joshua as we come to the next thought this morning, the people looked back at Joshua and the people said to him in verse 21, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And in verse 24, And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. Listen, I believe, just like I have done in my life, many of you have done in your life, you've made an honest decision seeking God, and you have fallen back and you've come back and forth and we've all done that because that's who we are as people but my prayer today is would we seek the face of God and be obedient 
to who he is? Would we choose what we will allow in? Will we choose whom we will serve? Choose what we allow in? And will we choose you this day? Would you choose who you will serve? In verse number 15, we've already touched on it, but he says this statement. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I wonder if Jesus turns to you as he turned to his disciples and said, Hey, are you going to leave also? Look, we were all here together, the thousands and the thousands, and, and almost all of them just left because they wanted to see a cool miracle. They wanted to see this, and they, they enjoyed that. But when I asked them to come in, you're going to have to eat of this flesh, and you're going to have to drink of this blood because I am the one that has the rivers of living water. I am the one that has life. I am the one. They're going to have to, the nourishment comes from me. You have to eat of me and drink of my, you have to do that here. He says, I am the bread of life, was in that passage. He says, will you, will you also leave? I wonder if Jesus turned to us and said, hey, will you go? If we would say, God, I have nowhere else to go. There is nowhere that I can turn to. God, I've tried this. <laughs> I went down that path I made lots of money. I did lots of this. I did lots of that. I did all of these things. And God, you were the one that when I was dead in my sin and trespasses, you reached down and you picked me up when my best friend who I thought loved me was like, nope, I'm done with that guy. You were the one that reached down and gave me hope and gives me hope every single day. I wonder if we would say, yes, Jesus, God, I'm choosing to serve you. I wondered, Dad, if you would choose to serve the Lord. And in so doing, that we would live our lives as men in our homes, washing the feet of our wives, of our children, of our grandchildren, and anybody that walks in our doors. I'm not talking that every day you have to do these things, but I'm talking that my heart is that I would be at the feet of my wife honoring and serving her and loving her. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, and in, in Paul wrote it in, in the book of Ephesians, to love your wife is what? That I would love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. I wonder, and if we would live our lives in honor of serving our wives in the same manner that Jesus did for the church. Wives, I would say the same thing. Would you live your life in such a manner that your desire is to serve, not as a slave to your husband, but that you would love and honor and serve your husband and build him up and lift him up? Listen, I believe with everything in me, if that relationship is right, I promise your children will have a secure home. They will have joy in their home. They will feel comfortable. It's a place that they will desire to be because they are watching it played out every day in their lives. And they're being built up. They're being honored as children. I wonder. 
I wonder today what it would be like if we would choose this day to serve the Lord. What would our homes look like? What would this church look like? I believe with everything in me we have an incredible church. I wish I could say we were perfect. We're not because I'm the guy that you get to listen to every week. But I believe we have a church that loves the Lord and loves people. Genuine, just wants to serve God. But what if we went home and said, not even go home, before we left, said, God, today I'm, I'm choosing to, to serve you. And in serving you, I'm choosing to serve that woman, that man, my children, whatever it would be. All of us. What would that look like? What would it look like if our homes were out of Deuteronomy chapter 6? Teach them diligently unto thy children and talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. What if that's what was on the hearts of our home? The word of God being taught everywhere that we go. The songs that are being sung in the car and the conversation at the dinner table and the, the, the things that are taking place to the best of our abilities in our homes are God-honoring. What if that's how we chose to lead our home? I don't know where you are, but I'm asking you today, would you choose you this day whom you would serve? Would you choose to serve God? Would you choose to honor Him inside of your home? Maybe today you would sit here, maybe you watch online and you've never chose God as the Lord of your life. You've never followed Him in, in the sense that you desire to walk with Him, that you say, God, I ask you, what must I do to be saved? And maybe today you would have that question of, Aaron, Pastor, what must I do to be saved? Maybe you sit here today and you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never taken that next step of following in believer's baptism. Maybe that's a choice that you have to make that's going to lead you and encourage you into those next steps. Maybe you are one that sits here today You say, Pastor, I know Christ is Savior. I've been baptized. I'm doing what I can. But if I were to just be really honest, <laughs> I have no idea what to do. <laughs> I just don't know. It was a few weeks ago, I had a man just come to me and say, Pastor, I, I want to lead my home the way that you're talking, but I'm just being honest. I really don't know what to do. Maybe that's where you're at. Here's what I'm telling you. That's a great place to be, and this is a great place to start. Let's do something about it. I can't meet with every one of you in this room, but there's a whole lot of people that will. You're just simply saying, Pastor, I need somebody to walk through God's word with me a little bit so that I have a better understanding. We can call it discipleship. We can call it whatever you want. I'll just say, let's go hang out and have coffee. 
Maybe that just sounds better. But we need to, I just, I want to be a better dad. I want to be a, I want to be a better husband. And I really don't have a clue what to do. Let's chat. Don't leave today without letting somebody know so that we can help you. We can come alongside of you. Maybe you just need to look at your spouse and your children and you need to say, hey, I know we've done this before, but as just a reminder, as we're choosing God and that decision is being made or recommitted that we would choose him. Maybe you haven't followed it. You've done your own thing for a really long time. Listen, all you need to do is say, God, <laughs> I just want you. I'm laying these things at your feet. I'm repenting of these things. And that might be hard. It may be hard to look at your spouse and say, hey, I've blown it. But I want to make this decision and I want to recommit this. But why not? Where else are you going to turn? We just want to thank you again for joining us today. We pray that the service has been an encouragement and a blessing to you. Here at Oasis, we have a desire to walk alongside of you, to be a partner in your walk with the Lord. So if you have made any decision today, we would love to pray with and celebrate that with you. So will you please take a moment and fill out a connect form or text decision to the number provided below. Oasis is supported by faithful people like you. So if you have a desire to give to the ministry and mission of Oasis, you can text GIVE to the number provided below, click on the GIVE link, or mail in your gift to the church office. Lastly, we have a desire to pray for you. So if you have a prayer request, you can email us at prayer at oasislv.church. Church, our series, Building the Home, Strengthening Your Home Through the Foundation of Faith, has presented you with practical pieces, and we pray that you will take and apply it and be a family of passionate followers of Christ.